Welcome to the All Things Real podcast. We are your hosts, JP Hunt and Jennifer McPherson. We are a husband and wife real estate team here to chat about all things real. Real life, real estate, relationships, Mm -hmm. and more. You name it, we might talk about it. Not much will be off the table. Join us on this not always perfect journey through navigating life as a team, both professionally and personally. Welcome to our podcast. So this is episode one and at the risk of doing the overdone, uh, we're going to talk about reaching your goals. Um, I know everybody seems to be doing it. It's a new year, right, JP? Yeah. I mean, some people do it in December. Some people do it in January. I mean, everyone's got their own their own thing. Um, there was a neat or an interesting quote I, I saw from uh, a New York City real estate broker. His name is Ryan Serhant. And he said, December is the Sunday of the year. So basically his thought was, you know, you take December and you're planning for your next year. What we've seen and what we do for ourselves. And then also that when we're advising clients is that we're looking at, especially, you know, when we're looking at clients with real estate goals, we're looking at break things up into short and long term. And this works for anything, not just real estate it can be for any kind of goal that you've got. But you know, one of the most common things when people come to talk to us is they're like, well, I want to quit my job and I want to, you know, have my own time and do whatever I want or run my own business. Well, okay, that's a great long-term goal, but what is something in the short term that could get you there? So if we look at it from the context of real estate, well, it's like, okay, well, one of the things is going to be pre-approval. So we set up a goal with them. Okay, let's get pre-approval in the next two weeks. And it's not necessarily they're going to buy a house in two weeks, but pre-approval does a lot of things, sets budgets, sets expectations, and looks at looks what's available for you. So I'm going to go back. Ryan Serhant, is what, isn't he off that millionaire real estate show? Yeah, he's on yeah in- one of those Bravo shows, that million dollar listing, I think, New oh, York or right. whatever. But I follow him online. He's, he has a lot of interesting content. He's an interesting guy. And uh so, and but he's he's built a massive massive brand and business in New York, and it's not just real estate. He does a lot of content. He's got a lot of media. Um, he's branched out into multiple TV shows. So he's just he's something that um, uh, he just he puts in the work. I mean, he's already successful, and he still works. You know, it seems probably like you know hundred hour weeks. I really don't know. I mean, I don't obviously don't know him personally, but you can tell what he does. He loves it, and he you know, was one of those. He seems to really care about his team and building his team and making others around him successful. Oh, just like us. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I do that too. Like, I totally uh, believe in setting yourself up for the whole year. Uh, and yeah, like JP said, whether it's in January or you do it in April, whatever, whenever you do it, I tend to do mine uh, not just once a year, but I relook at things like basically every three months because I even set up like three month goals and see. You know, or even one week. How was your last week? Okay, well, don't beat yourself up over the things you didn't get done. But, you know, let's move forward and try to do better and do these things because things change so quickly, especially in real estate. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you you really just need to, when you break it down into short-term goals and then you accomplish those short-term ones, and they could be super easy. Like, you know, even for us, right? It was literally like recording the intro to this podcast. That was a short-term goal that we had while well, we completed that today. And so then that gives you it a took sense. Us a while. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> but it gives you a sense of accomplishment that you got something done. And now we're working on, now we're looking at, we're, you know, and obviously we're doing the first, the first episode now, but whatever it is, right? If you're looking at, 
you know, getting, you know, losing 10 pounds or losing 20 pounds or whatever it is. Well, your short term goal might be, you know, if it's your thing, eat breakfast tomorrow morning. If you're not a big breakfast eater, you're going to do that or whatever it is. Um, but break things down into short term goals. You talked to me about someone yesterday because we go to the uh, gym sometimes together. And you said you were talking about how someone set up their goals of like literally just driving to the gym and not necessarily going in, but as long as they drove to the gym, that was their short-term goal, drive to the gym every day. And then they ended up going in and then it turned to, well, just, you know, run on or walk on the treadmill for, you know, 10 minutes. And that was their goal. That was it. So then they felt like they accomplished something and then they ended up actually doing a little bit more and more and more. And then it just becomes part of your routine or your habit. Yeah. It set the habit up totally of just actually going to the gym. Um, and you know what else I do? I do, um, almost like a vision board but I put it on the computer and I write my story for the year so I I take pictures from Pinterest and all that kind of thing uh and I put on this vision board I do it in PowerPoint and uh it allows me to visualize visualize how I how the things that I want like so you know there's a lot of nice nice houses on there JP with pools and stuff uh there's some things um you know vacations that I want cars that I you know that I want and yeah it might be a little bit materialistic but it's actually you know some of the things I'm working for uh some of the things are vacations together I know JP has a picture up of his um golf trip that he likes to go on all the time and that's like sort of what he uses for motivation sort of the same idea visualization yeah I basically I use I use that kind of stuff because I'm not a huge like formal vision board person but I do believe in the value of writing down goals and to have goals for yourself so yeah I've got a picture of all my friends when you know we do a yearly trip to Myrtle Beach and we do some golfing down there and I mean I'm much better beer drinker than I am a golfer but that's really you know part of this trip and that's a trip that it's been going on for about 10 years now and I have some of those pictures up in my office because it helps me stick together, stick to my work schedule or when it's late at night and I just want to either, you know, go downstairs and watch TV or something. It keeps me in front of my computer because one of the things is that trip, I never want to let money get in the way of being able to go on that trip or not. You know, maybe there might be some other things, some, you know, family equipments or whatever it is, but I just never wanted money. And so if I ever wanted to have the resources to always have that, then I knew I had to work. So that was just one thing that I've got up in my office and we have multiple things like that, but that's something that works for me. And that's the important thing is for whatever it is for yourselves, find the little thing that works for you. Like a PowerPoint to me would never work. I would just, I would never fill it out. I would never open it. I need something more visual um, in front of me, sort of staring me at the face. And so that's why I use those pictures. But I do think we agree on one thing is you have to write your goals out. You actually have to write them out. And I think that both JP and I agree on that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, or you just sort of, you know, like our little dog right now is sitting at our feet. His goal right now is to get dinner and he's, he's bugging us like crazy right now. He's sitting here. He's biting my hand a little bit. He's nipping at it. He just wants to go downstairs and have dinner. And that's his short term goal right now. His longer term goal is to do a walk later on and then to go to bed tonight and then to basically repeat all that tomorrow. But his goal is dinner right now. And the way he's going to get it is he's visualizing, taking my hand and pulling me downstairs. And I think you need to, uh, writing them down enables you to go back and reflect on the wins that you had and, and celebrate those wins. I mean, I can remember 10 years ago being at a seminar where they made me write down goals. And literally one of those goals was to get married to a really good guy. I think I found one. Well, 
I guess you got part of the goal. You got married anyway. But. <laughs> well, here we are. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, yeah. I think writing them down, writing them down is key. Uh, reflecting on them and absolutely celebrating your wins, uh, no matter how small they are. No, for sure. I mean, because if you, you know, life is a roller coaster, right? There's, you know, not just in real estate, but in just every single day lives. You're going to have your ups and your downs. You're going to have, you know, if we're, if we're looking at real estate from side of things, you're going to have, you know, problems with tenants if you've got, you know, some rental properties or whatever it is. So a lot of what we do is from the real estate sort of coaching perspective is we're almost therapists sometimes to some of our clients because they're going through some rough times or they're going through something that's never happened before to them and they're scared. And, you know, you work through it. And the first time something happens, you could be scared at it. But once you go through it and you work through the problem, and now I remember, you know, years and years ago when I first started um, in real estate, if I saw my phone and it was my tenant, you know, calling me or something like that, I'd be petrified to pick up the phone. But now if it happens, it's like, oh, well, whatever, no big deal. Like it's most of the time, it's nothing. It's just a question about something or whatever. It's not some big crisis, but that's always what I thought was going to happen. Um, so yes, I mean, it's, it's once you work through these problems and get yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit, you, you'll be amazed what happens. You know what else I find? This is sort of maybe going a little bit off topic, but if you're finding yourself overwhelmed by things or overwhelmed by tasks, um, there's this thing that, um, I can't remember who I got this from, but it's called brain dumping. And if you write out, um, you can tell how old I am cause I'm a big fan of writing things out. But if you write out, uh, the things that, you know, you're feeling almost like journaling, uh, then it sort of like takes that off your chest a little bit. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, people laugh at me because I still use a paper calendar, but obviously I'm always on my phone and I use that a lot. But from an actual just scheduling and calendar perspective, I use this paper calendar on my desk. I write down everything. And that's something that helps me. I don't want to say stress relief, but it helps, you know, keep me. I'm a pretty calm person and level headed as it is. But especially if I've got a lot going on, if I know I just write it down, something that I've got to do two days from now, if I write it down, then I don't have to worry about it. It's gone. It's out of my brain. I don't think about it. And and then, you know, two days from now, I'll see it in my calendar. I'll be like, oh, OK, perfect. Then I'll deal with it then. But if I didn't write it down, I would. I would sort of think about it for that next two days and I would stew about it or wonder about it, even though it wasn't something that I had to do. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, writing things down for me anyway, you know, what is, you know, I don't have the formal, um, you know, whatever you called it, the the brain dump, but I, that's something that I do for myself and I find that really helps. Absolutely. And I like to write things down. Um, and JP's seen this cause I literally post them on the bathroom mirror so I can read it twice a day, but I write, uh, I sort of sit down and I visualize next year. So I write things down. I'm so grateful and happy that this happened. I'm so grateful and happy that I accomplished this. And I write it like I've already done it. And I literally, yes, post it on our master bath mirror and read it twice a day while I'm brushing my teeth or whatever I'm doing in there, doing my hair. And it sort of like solidifies that, um, that I'm going to do it. Uh, you know, if it's the motivation, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Jennifer and I, we, we do different things, you know, to motivate. We're like, you know, tonight we talked about, well, you know, we, we, we call it cocktail hour later on, but after dinner, but we're like, well, we're not going to have cocktail hour until we finish our podcast today. So that's a, you know, it's a minor reward, but it's something that we're going to do after this. We're going to go we down and share a drink. We probably should have had the cocktails before well, we did the po- yeah, podcast. Well, yeah, probably may have been a bit easier. It may have been more interesting I mean, for you. <laughs> it's true, but... 
but that's just, you know, one small thing. You know, sometimes we do it. We like going, you know, we like going out for dinner together. So we're like, well, we'll go for dinner, you know, on this night, as long as we finish off these three things um, that were important to us prior to. And then it just, it gives you a, that little bit of motivation. And then B, you also have to stick to it because you don't get to go for dinner if you don't finish those three things. So we've definitely, those are little tiny things that we do together that just help us sort of stay on track. And it's, it, you know, it's going to be different for everybody, but you find what works for you and stick with it. So say somebody is looking to uh, make some goals with respect to, um, you know, maybe planning for that next investment property. What do you think, you know, how would they plan for that? So what would you say, say three steps? Three steps if you're planning to, well, three steps you're planning to buy anything. And if it's investment property, you're looking at, okay, well, pre-approval. Pre-approval is so important because, you know, I mentioned it before, it sets it sets the budget. And it's not necessarily if you can buy a house. It's what is the plan for for you per- in, and moving forward with the purchase? Because, you know, here's a you know small example. When I started very, very first in real estate investing, I was told, okay, because I went for my pre-approval, I was told I could buy two houses as long as I kept them at the $300,000 mark. You can tell how long ago this was when I was doing starting this. But if I kept the purchase price to two fifty, then I would have the option to get three homes at that time. So that was important information for me to know. So I wasn't even ready to buy at that specific time. But now I knew I could start putting my energy into, okay, I want to spend $250,000 just to give me the options later on. That's all I was thinking about. And then it works to, okay, well, now where am I going to buy it? So then you could work with, you know, you could work with, uh, this is something that we do with our clients. Where are we going to purchase this place? And we talked about different cities and a lot of it has to do, some of it has to do with distance, but a lot of it is going to be, well, what types of properties do they like? Because you want to feel good in your gut about whatever you're buying. And then you go from there on it of, you know, the education, the local education of that area. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I kind of want to go back to this pre-approval thing because so many people I find, um, if they haven't maybe bought or sold a house in the last, what, since the beginning of COVID, I guess, because things move so quickly now, yeah. uh, we don't always have the opportunity to put conditions in and financing was one of the conditions. And I run into this where, you know, sometimes I ask people, you know, well, okay, so one of the first steps is you need to talk to your lender and like talk about pre-approval, but people get offended and it's not meant to be to offend you. It's not even meant to say you can't afford a new home, but you do need to have all your paperwork and all your financials worked out before we even go out there. And that's not just us. It's many real estates across real estate agents, sorry, across the board. That's their, that's their, uh, you know, what they do before they even take you out. You have to get pre-approval. If you don't have pre-approval, you're wasting your time. I mean, forget about any real estate agent that's going to take you out and look at homes without pre-approval. You are wasting your time. And more importantly, they are wasting, they are letting you waste your time. Yeah. Because, and it has zero to do with, again, whether you can afford it or not. It's literally, you have to find out price points and you have to, which helps then you set your budget for yourself and your family. But then also more importantly, you can find out, you know, maybe there has to be an order. So maybe you do have that million dollar home that's paid off. You have zero mortgage. So obviously you're going to get approved for your next house. But what order does things have to happen? Do you have to sell your house first? Do you have to have just a, you know, an offer, a firm offer on your house before you can get your financing for the next one? Can you close afterwards? Okay, sure. Maybe if you could then you're going to be looking at what's called bridge financing, which basically means you're holding a couple of mortgages at the same time. Well, what does that cost? 
These are the things, information that you can figure out ahead of time, which helps you plan. Because if you're trying to just fly, go in there and fly around and by the seat of your pants or not have pre-approval or rush, what happens is if you start looking at homes, you're going to find something you like. And now all of a sudden you're going to have to rush and maybe try and, you know, get this all done. And especially if, you know, we just came through the holidays. So, you know, banks are closed many days. A lot of stat holidays moved to during the week and things get, um, uh, you can just basically miss something and that's where you can start getting in trouble and it causes a whole lot of stress. So even if the deal goes off and you get it done, it causes you a whole whack of stress that you didn't need to do that you could have avoided all of it because getting a new house, especially if it's for yourself, should be exciting. Getting a new house, especially if you're increasing your investment portfolio, should be exciting. It is an exciting thing to do because you are creating something for your future, for yourself and your family. And like at the end of the day, there's not many of us walking around with, you know, a million dollars in cash in a briefcase. We do need a lender. Yeah, at the end of the day, you know, lo banks love them or hate them. You still need them to use them as a tool in this process, whether you're an investor or whether you're just looking to, you know, looking for a family, your, your own house for your family. Okay, so that's step one. What would you say would be step two? Well, I mean, if we're looking from the investment side, I you know mentioned before about the location you know, figure out location and then work with us, right? What are the types of homes that are available in your price point? Um, what are the types of homes that are available? You know, what are the future options available in the home? Are you someone that wants to do um, or could do a project? Do you want that? Or do you want literally if someone moves out of the home, you can either move right in or get it rented out right away? That's the kind of stuff now you're thinking about now, the types of homes and the type of area that you're going to look into. That would be step two. And, and I then, think the first yeah. two steps uh, go for both you know, investment and residential. Oh, absolutely. Right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> and then step three is basically just literally getting out there. Yeah. It's just, you cannot learn. I promise you, you will not learn anything from just staring at, you know, realtor.ca all day and looking at pictures because many times good pictures make a bad house look good. And also, um, realtors are lazy. The vast majority of realtors do not do any deals per year. I take, I promise you that. So if you're looking at that out there, there's, you know, 30,000 realtors in Toronto. I don't even know the number. No offense to but, any other realtors yeah. that are listening. But, you know, <laughs> half of those, 15,000 of them aren't even doing one deal a year. So you need, so some people will literally just take their cell phone and take pictures of a house and put it up for, for sale. Like, so it could make a, that could make a, a really good house look really, really bad. So... Um, it goes both ways. You literally have to be out there because even if you do all your research online and you look at the house and okay, maybe they do have really great pictures. Maybe they got a video walkthrough, the whole thing. You have no idea what it's like once you drive down that street, once you get out of your car, once you look at the front of the house, what are the neighbors like? What does the street feel like? What does your gut tell you? None of that you can get from looking online. You literally have to get out there and there's, there's no secret to this. It's literally putting in the work. Totally. I mean, some people, I take them out and we turn onto the road and we get out and I'm, you know, fiddling with the lockbox and they look around and they say, you know what, Jennifer, we don't even need to go in because I would never live on this street or I would never, in some investors, I would never, you know, want my tenants living on this street. So, you know, let's just go. And sometimes those houses have been amazing, but the street, the neighbors, nope, no can do. Um, and sometimes I even tell my people, you know, go back on the weekend because sometimes things are a little bit different Monday to Friday than they are on the weekend. So go back on the weekend. Maybe there's, you know, there's cars all parked all over the road and that's going to bother you. Maybe it doesn't bother you. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things to contend with uh, when you're looking for houses for sure. 
that's something that we did a lot about here. De- definitely when we uh, when we moved into the house that we're in now, we came and looked at it in the middle of the day. We went back later on um, that evening, I remember, and then we did come back falling back and we almost didn't move here because we came back one time and there was cars so many cars everywhere and we're like oh boy somebody must been having a party there was a lot going on and we're like hmm and yeah we think we figured out that it was just sort of like a one-time thing it wasn't the normal every day but that would be something that drives us both crazy that if literally you know the street that we live on all the surrounding streets everything were always 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 lined with cars that's something that bothers us so we would have never moved here but you know you know we did the research we figured it out that it was just sort of a one-off and we've been very happy we've been in the our same place now for well we always say three to seven years but it's nobody really it's definitely knows. been at least seven years it's anyway, the same but, with our relationship nobody really knows what year it actually yeah, started yeah. <laughs> i do know when we got married at least so jennifer doesn't april or may yeah exactly <laughs> Anyway, so I think that's all, you know, we really have to say about the goal setting. Uh, I mean, everybody's got their own way of doing it. I just think doing it is important, whether you do it once a year, twice a year, six times a year. Uh, You know, I do it a lot, but I'm a big goal setting person. Um, And I mean, it's also what what you're comfortable with. If you're comfortable sharing with somebody, do that. You know, we do, we sort of call them, you know, portfolio reviews with our, with some of our clients. And they're literally just looking at, okay, where is, you know, where's my real estate portfolio? Where's it come from? Where's it now today? And where do we want to go in the future? And that's something that's very uh, nice to be done when you're bouncing ideas off somebody or, you know, what are the future opportunities for a specific house or whatever it is. So some of the goals, you can do them pretty privately. Like I know, that uh, we do our own personal goals and then we come together and we talk about goals for, you know, ourselves the business, um, and the business. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, do what works for you as long as you're doing them. That's the key to this whole thing. Okay. So that's our first podcast. And I think we're going to say goodbye because the yeah. dog is starting to whine. It's past yeah. his feeding time. He is and, ready uh, to go. Yes. We've, we've got to get going because yeah. it's cocktail hour after all. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks for joining us. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you'd like to find out more, contact us. Please just go to our website, www.huntgrouprealestate.ca.